Salsa King of Chicago is a proud sponsor of the Iowa Cubs. You can pick up Salsa King of Chicago salsa at all Jewel Osco and Illinois Fresh Time Market stores. You can also enjoy the Salsa King of Chicago salsa during all Iowa Cup games at Principal Park. Salsa King of Chicago, salsa so fresh, it's like you made it yourself. And the Club 400 podcast is on the air. It's Thanksgiving Eve, William. We are we should be out watching the modern day Romeos right now. We should be at the festival Tur- of turkey balls. Which is a pretty famous thing, right? Turkey yeah, Tesco tur- Festival yes in Huntley at Parkside Pub. Or as I like to call it, Balls Wednesday. Balls Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh Weeds just got done with her big mural over there. Uh, nice. Outside. Yeah. I went over there the other day and um, she, she, she did a great job. Get a lot of eyeballs on it tonight. That's for sure. It's right where you walk in. And um, she did outstanding. And the, the attention to detail that she does, I don't have that kind of patience. But uh, yeah, Modern Day Romeos are on at five o'clock tonight. And you know what? We decided to come live on, not live on the air, but we decided to have a podcast tonight because we, we got, got some news. We right? got some important things to talk about tonight. And not you, that it's never, it's always important, but this kind of takes the important cake i think it does i mean that's why i said let's get together and tonight we are releasing uh something we haven't released before and i thought like let's get do a podcast break some news tonight to our club 400 podcast listeners and also let's give them a little treat and a little gift since it is thanksgiving yeah let's give them something to be thankful about let's Let's do the Q&A with Ron Coomer and none other than Joe Madden from August 17th at Club for Heart this what? year. Yeah. What? Yes. And uh, what, what, a, what a day that was. Club for Heart broke the record, our personal record of $75,000 raised for Special Olympics. So you're going to hear that, which is about, what, 35 minutes? Yeah. Right after this. I mean, this. obviously, we're thankful for that. So Thanks. thankful for Joe and thankful for Coom and just that whole party. And that was just amazing. Yeah, we're going to be releasing some videos online. I think we're going to release one tomorrow, William. I mean, I, I, I think you're going to up- upload that to YouTube, and I'll push it out there. Yep. But, uh, yeah, uh, lots to celebrate, lots to be thankful for. Um, you know, uh, Thanksgiving's a great holiday. It gets the family together, and we, you know, so hopefully everybody's going to get along this year in your family. What, you know? I hope so. I know so. it's kind of a rougher Thanksgiving for you. Well, yeah. And we'll, I know it's we'll rough Thanksgiving it. for a lot of people. Power through it, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's not We all. have a lot to be thankful for. Everybody does. I specifically do. Um, but I will say this. Just when you thought Club 400 was winding down for the year, right? Yeah. Uh, Slide kind of right into the holidays. Take it easy. That's a quote from the Eagles, by the way, who Which just you, saw in concert. How, how was it? Give me a review of that concert. Yeah, because we are about music, too, buddy. We are. I, you know what? Let's talk about that in bonus time. Okay, we'll talk about that in bonus time. So, um, 
we, you know, you would think we'd be easing into the holidays, enjoy those and that kind of thing, you know, turn down the, the activity a little bit. No, 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 not us. No, we got two big ones coming up. I do got three, actually. I do got beef with three you, buddy. Three big ones. I, yeah. got th- I do bet beef. Beef away. So the last podcast that we did, <laughs> I haven't even seen you really since then. I know. This and is we were lo- during sober October. I have not even had one beer with you. This is the longest we've been apart. <laughs> Yeah, and all, I thought, I thought he broke up with me. I thought he went to fly the W podcast. Or no, you, I, I, did you call me your Robin at one point I, <laughs> to your Batman or something? I know. Uh, it's like I, I thought you broke up I want with my me. partner back. I haven't. This is the last time I've I first know. time I've seen you since, since our uh, last over a month ago. Yeah, no, it's crazy. But I, I seriously think someone has a voodoo doll and he's just sticking pins in it because I've had a rough. Oh my gosh, maybe that's why I stayed away from you because I, I, I don't want to blame it. I didn't want to get hit by the pin. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be doing sober October and sober November. Oh my which gosh, there was a few cheats in there, but right. for the most part, it's been pretty clean. I know, I know. So anyway, I don't think I'm going to go back to drinking anymore. I, I, I think you're just a smart kidding. man. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I don't even feel like going out. And that's why I decided, right. like, wait, what do you, William, what do you want to get together and do a podcast tonight? We got too many important things to do. We got to business to take care yeah. of. We got, we got money to raise. We got people to help. And, I mean, during that break, we got some of the biggest cub news, the most shocking cub news of all time. Unbelievable. And you didn't find out until like a couple hours. I called you. I think you were coming home, coming home right, from yeah. the Eagles show. So, or were you on your no, way down the there? Week, I think it was the weekend before. Oh, I was you, in my car driving. You were going to your family reunion yes. on your way home. Yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to get a hold of William, let him know, oh my God, because no one knew that. No one saw that coming. Right. It, it, it was like a joke. And I, I, I watched it all happen live on Twitter. Yeah. As far as like, it was about an hour. Like, I don't know who reported on it first. Maybe it was Rosenthal that reported. I, one of those guys did. And then, and then it was like, nah, is this the real Ken Rosenthal? Because there's a, you <laughs> right. Know, and then I was like, no, that's nobody can believe there's the a news blue anymore. check mark on there. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, what the hell? And then, yeah, then it gets keeps get, keeps getting reported. And like, where the heck did that come? I, I'll tell you what. I mean, we and all he, love David Ross, but. And you're talking about the new manager, Craig. New manager of the Chicago Cubs. That sounds weird. It does. But, you know, David Ross was here for four years. And I just have to say is that. What this signifies to me, and especially with the news that we got the other day about the Cubs pretty much giving up. Well, they didn't have a list for a while, I don't think. But now you can buy season tickets. You can go on their websites and buy season tickets. That hasn't happened since I I can't remember. I don't think it's ever happened. And now they have 80 game, full seasons, half games, and then 20 packs. And I I mean, I'm just saying, like, we've all noticed it as diehard Cub fans that you know, your tickets haven't been worth as much money. And, you know, we do have one of the best farm systems in baseball. But, you know, to go to Wrigley Field is a lot of money, William. You know, it costs a lot of money. The tickets cost, the food and the drinks cost. And it gets to the point where they better be putting a damn good product on the field to make it worth going there for, for a day. And what it signifies to me, the Craig Council move says the Cubs are going to go out and be aggressive this year. Oh, they're pushing their chips in. And, yeah, they're yeah. pushing their chips in for sure, and they're going to try to win the National League Central Division this year and hopefully oh, push it further. Oh, I think even further. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody was like, I don't think we can afford Bellinger, blah, blah, blah. Now we're talking about Otani. I know. I mean, there's a lot of Otani talk, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, obviously, I did my homework on council after. <laughs> I didn't think that was there was even a chance of that. But that guy 
is generally considered the best manager in baseball, right? Oh, 100%. So That's why you got you got to go get him. So he's going to attract free agents and, you know, trades. And, you know, yeah. people are going to – Wrigley's already a destination where people want to come and play, but this – you know, this is this is a game changer. I mean, this it, is a game changer. It's kind of like the when they signed Madden. And you don't think that they're going to go up to Craig Council and say, "Hey, you know, he's got to be sold on moving from where you know a place where he grew up from, where his family's from." Yeah. Now I've heard he's staying. I mean, he's going to keep a house there and then right probably buy your condo from well, he, you. It's up for sale <laughs> <laughs> for the right price. That is. Yeah. Well, hey, he, I might have a renter, but uh, <laughs> he, he probably has the money. I think he is. Yeah. I mean, but, highest paid manager in baseball. But yeah, no, he's. I think he's staying up there, or his family gets to stay up there. They're, he's got kids in high school and college and stuff, and um, he. So they're gonna have keep their house there, from right. what I've heard. Makes I know, sense. I know people from up there. They're all. They're not happy at all. No, because they felt like he was a part of Milwaukee. He's, he was like Bob Euchre Jr. The funny know? thing is, is they knew all the people that I know that are hardcore Brewer fans knew that he was probably not coming back after last year, but their GM went to the Mets. Everything had right. him going to the Mets, you know, and they would have been okay with him going to the Mets, but not to Cub, Cub Land. They were this not. is this is like one of those deals where I think it was all about location. Yeah. And you're you're playing for a team, no offense, we I mean, I don't know, I'm not a Milwaukee Brewers fan by any means, but you know, this is a, t- a big market team with a lot of money to spend. Where the Brewers, you're always going to have to. You're kind of like Tampa Bay a it's little bit, or the Cubs, or I mean, or the Bears. I yeah. Say. Well, yeah, exactly. Which, Not really wanting to spend money, you know, which is right. you know their prerogative. But, but that was big news, huge news, huge. and I think it. I, and you know, it's the hot stove right now. I'm just reading uh, some rumors about Bo Bichette from the Blue Jays. I heard that today about too. a trade, maybe possible oh my in God, the works. Is he a player? I mean, that's a great thing about baseball season. Now we're two months, almost two months out of it. And now like in a small different way, you know, you know, free agency, it's already began obviously, but it's going to be a fun month or two to see what the Cubs plan on doing, how much money they're going to spend, who they're going to go get to improve this team. Because you know what? March isn't far away. Mesa, Sloan Park is not. JP, are you ready? Do you got the pizzas out there? Oh, my God. This is going to be a totally different deal now, right? It's going to be, yeah. It's, it's different. You know, you're going to talk about, you know, new coaches, a whole new staff. But thankfully, we did get the news. As you guys know, our great friend John Maylee uh, got the assistant betting coach job when uh, Ross was in charge. So we were a little bit worried about uh, him, you know, Actually, he got a two-year deal, but maybe, you know. Yeah, because managers bring in their own people. Yeah, exactly. So a two-year deal means nothing. Council was pretty vocal about bringing in his own people. Luckily, some other moves made sense to bring him back in. So John Maley is back as the Chicago Cub. And, William, I couldn't be happier about that. And you know what? Club 400, everybody in Club 400 should be ecstatic about that. John Maley's our guy. It's a huge win for him because he wants to be a Cub. He would love to retire as a Cub. And you know what? We're going to bring John on one of these days. In fact, later on, we're going to announce our Christmas news that we have that we just announced earlier today on the Internet. Uh, But, yeah, you'll be hearing a podcast with our main man, John Maley, and you know, the players love him. Uh, I mean, Ian Happ's a big fan. Our guest for our Christmas party is a big fan. And he knows the minor leagues. He was in Iowa all year last year. And he knows a lot of those guys. We went to see him. Oh, yep, we did. 
And uh, we were on the field with him after the W. Oh, yeah, that was a great time, and we had to walk off that day. That's right. And, uh, but, yeah, John Maley is a Cub, and we got some exciting news, too, because one of our other guys, uh, Patrick Wisdom, got a, a one-year deal, which was awesome, a $2.5 million, close to $2.5 million. I think it was two, right around two five. It could be a little under, a little bit over. But uh, congratulations to the Wisdom family. I know they're expecting another child soon. That's and, so um, awesome. Gosh. I mean, it doesn't sound like, uh, you know, you hear about these big splashes, $160 million for this guy or that guy. But someone like Patrick Wisdom, who's probably one of the nicest guys we've ever had at Club 400, to be able to, you know, finally get more than, you know, the major league minimum and, you know, be able to take care of his family. Yeah, I mean, you can take care of your family with two and a half million. I I think so. I would be able to. And not only that, but all the money he's made before that. Right. And you know what? I think Patrick Wisdom, especially since, you know, the DH is alive and well in the National League, has a place in Major League Baseball for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully it's here because he's a great guy. And you know what? Kudos to the Cubs organization for realizing that because he's not a guy that's well, going to be on the top of your go-get free agent list and stuff. But I think they realize the kind of character he is right. as a person. I think they they all loved him. And some guys like that you just want to hold on to because they're just assets to the you know the team, um, you know, um, the 25 guys in the locker room and the organization as a whole. You know? you know, I wasn't there, but I watched on TV last year at the um, – uh, Cubs convention when he led the the kids thing, the kids yeah. Q and A or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. You could tell with him up on the stage, like he's he was a team leader for sure. I mean, we love him from when he was here, and we had the the uh, uh, Cub of Palooza at uh, at the rooftop where he came across the street yeah. to the rooftop and unbelievable and charge us not awesome. one dollar no one yeah. i say this before and i'll say it again no one has done more than club 400 for club 400 than right. patrick wisdom and uh and we yeah, had the I opportunity mean, to meet his his mom and dad and his wife his family you know and you know you can tell what where he gets it from i mean oh you know, just a great just yeah great family great people i'm sure they're gonna have a great thanksgiving yeah. this year and i i have not seen or heard of the news about him having a a, a baby yet but i'm sure uh I think it's happening any day right now. I think I I did hear a rumor he was having a boy and he was going to name him Club Four Hundred. But makes sense to me, man. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. Club Four Hundred Wizzy P Wizzy, <laughs> little P Wizzy. So yeah, we just I want to say everybody. I want to tell everybody a special thanks um, for coming out to Club Four Hundred Music Trivia at the Holiday Inn uh, last Saturday night. Dave Arnold. Uh, yeah, he did a great job, and uh, we want to thank, like I said, Holiday Inn and Crystal Lake for having us, and um, just to let everybody know, we always like to let everybody know what we raised that night, and this was money raised for Club 400, helped us pay some bills, we raised about $2,400, pretty awesome. close to 2500 and we appreciate all you guys coming out, because you guys know we're all about baseball, and we're all about music, and you know, it was it was a great night. I think we're going to change the venue next year. Nothing against Holiday Inn, but there are some things that, you know, I you know you can't just keep everything the same every year at the same right, location. Could be better. Yeah, we can improve it. Um, I think we went a little bit too long. I think it went started at seven. We most people got out of there at eleven thirty. That's a little long. Um, but we had a lot of fun and we made a lot of announcements. Some of those are you're going to hear tonight. And I just want to say like. For anybody choosing us at any time to pay their money to come and support our events, I am really thankful for it. And like I said, we were we had to pay some bills, 
some accounting bills and so forth, and that's going to help us do it, help us get out, get out of the red. And I just want to thank everybody for coming out. It was a really good time, especially thank you, David Arnold, uh, for coming out. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to do that again, actually. In Muscatine, right? In Muscatine, our, Iowa. Our twin twin sister city. Yeah, Muscatine. I Lincoln know. Hills and Muscatine. Yeah. So. February 3rd, by the way. And I do have a PSA. I think it's February 3rd or 4th. It's the Saturday right before the Super Bowl. All right. So I do have a public service announcement about that. As you know, I'm surprised you haven't given me abuse about it already. I have not been to a music trivia. I've missed I know. all of them. I had a a school board event for the past 12 years. Is that going on this weekend? It was it was Oh, it's the same weekend. weekend. Yeah, oh, it's the my same gosh, weekend yeah. every week or every year. And then um and then last weekend I did go to the Eagles concert which we'll talk about yeah. later. So I Are you going to make the Muscatine one? I am going to make the Muscatine one. And here's I'll my, hold you to that, pal. Here's my public service announcement. Hopefully we'll have, we'll have a beer by then. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe by tonight. Of course, I was reading all the posts and pictures and all that from the event, and it sounds like there are a few teams that struggled specifically with the 70s and 60s era, 60s and 70s eras of music. Some team was complaining they lost because they didn't really have much there. I'm a free agent. I'm not on a oh, team. True. And William, you're pretty good at music. Well, that's my wheelhouse, the 60s and 70s. I'm throwing it out there right now. I'm open to any recruiting offers that anyone might have. You know, just pick up, give me a call. I used to be a DJ in a radio station where I spun the tunes. I actually had a 60s show, a 70s show, and an 80s show at one wow. point. So I'm just telling you. I think the hard part of uh, music trivia is uh, naming the name of the song, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I'm, getting that right. And you know who was uh, who was grading the papers? Lisa. And she's a strict grader. Oh, well, she's a teacher. Like, for instance, Luke Combs, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Luke Combs? Yeah. Someone wrote Luke Combs. Without the S, and she did not accept that. I, See, I would have gave that away. I would have said, no. but you know, this is now, legit, you have to this form- is legit stuff we're doing here. Well, I haven't uh, played the game, but do you have to um, answer it in the form of a question? Who is Luke Combs? No, no. <laughs> okay, all right. Because I would ding them for that too if they did. But no, thank you guys for coming out. It meant the world to me. I, I, I sweat on every event. Like, are we going to get people to show up? And you guys always do. And we're going to ask you guys to show up December 9th in, in a little bit. But I, I do want to say in between of all that, we did have the Cubs ushers and security staff over here with Frank Walker, who runs a great podcast. What's it, what's it called again, William? I'm drawing, I forgot. Mistaken Identity. Mistaken Identity. No, no offense, Frank. I do listen to it every once in a while. I don't listen to a lot of stuff. I'm so busy doing my own things. But, yeah, it was a great event. Um, we had a great great amount of people over here and and i do want to say uh, we lost one of the great ushers at wrigley field we everybody knew him as ray and uh, god bless ray he was a special man and i know like he's like i said the reason why we do what we do here at club 400 with the ushers and security staff is uh is because they are the heart and soul of wrigley field they're the ones that you see when you walk in I always say, you know, you know, back in the day when I used to park in my parking spot and you see the same people, parking lot attendants, you see the same ticket takers, you see the same scoreboard, scorecard sellers, and then you walk up and you see all the same people working the sections. You know, going to Wrigley Field becomes a family situation, and it's like those people are part of your family, and people like Ray really stuck out. I thought the reason that you did that was because I've had the opportunity to go to Wrigley Field with you and walk through the stadium 
And it's like walking with a celebrity. Hi, Stu. Hey, Stu. Every single person who's working there knows you. Well, that's why I have to behave when I go to Wrigley Field now. There's no blackout no, drinking there, now. There more, is no more of that. <laughs> Although you could do it after at your condo. Yeah, I know. know. I always think about that, too, you know. Um, yeah, people do, you know, because, you know, that, you know, this is the third year I think we had Frank and his team over here. And... Uh, it was a great time, and thank you for the Chicago Cubs. They donated tons of items, and we had a raffle that day, and that was another uh, way we raised money for Club 400. So thank you to Frank. Thank you for the security staff. Thank you for all the ushers for making it such a great day. Um, we brought in food from Alfredo's Pizza and Pasta. It was great, and everything worked out unbelievable, and we'll do it again next year. So... But uh, I wanted to mention that we're, we're always, like you said, we're always busy, William. Even if we don't, are not saying we're having something online, we're always trying to keep busy and uh, keep active. That's what Club Four Hundred's all about. Um, so I, we, I think we need to share a little dirty secret about Club Four Hundred with the people. All right, the best party of every year is coming up by far is the Christmas party. Yeah. You and, know, it's kind of been downplayed a little bit because it's it's limited. It's well, limited. I mean, it's been downplayed a little bit because I, you know, been slacking a little bit. No, no, no. I mean, over the years. Oh, well, you no, know, I always like, say it's the greatest party we ever had. No, I know, but like when we promote it and stuff, because you, you know, you rightly so, you know, the weather's not going to be something that you can utilize the outside, so it's limited. It's certainly a smaller number of people, but I mean, the memories the, that we've had over previous Christmas parties and stuff, good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> mostly good mostly good but memories <laughs> good one William <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to slide that in but no you know I mean it is literally uh, the 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 things that we've generated money for and the people who've benefited from that and stuff like that it's just it's it's amazing yeah and that's the thing like I, before we announced the news and we did pr- promote this a few couple weeks ago and you know, I, William, I, I, you know, it's amazing. I go back in time. Like today, for instance, I had Lisa um, gather all the, the players that we've had at Club 400 because, you know, next year we're celebrating 10 years. Can I guess how many? Sure. I don't know the exact, but I know uh, the range. 62. Right around there. I think it was 66. It was 62. Now, not all I those t- guys. She told me when I walked in. Well, yeah, 62. Maybe it was 62. So I've always like, we can't wait till we get to 50. We've already hit 50. Right. But we do have guys on there like, you know, Wayne and Kathleen Mesmer. We counted them as one because they are one. It's not far as I'm concerned, an unbelievable couple. And like John Vincent, you know, but I, we've had over 50 players here. That's fantastic. Yeah. I know. So I was going to like make a big deal when we had our 50th player out here. Yeah. Oh, too late. Yeah. You know? It's already passed. <laughs> but it's like, sounds like our 50th show or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I missed that. You know, it's hard to keep track of things, but I think, you know, I always said if I can get 100 players down here, down the line, I mean, I don't even really care anymore. The bottom line is we're at $840,000 raised, and it's not about numbers of players I hear and so forth. It's really about, um, you know, the family that we've created with Club 400, and not only that, but uh, the great things that we do, you know. and um, we're so, un- so, unfortunately for this party, you can't have a player. No, oh, oh, wait well, a minute. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's where John Maley stepped in. Wait a we, minute. We, we announced this party. This is, t- this is to tell you how real Club 400 is. We announced this party for $100, no Cubs player. Just come out. We'll do Christmas carols. We'll do food and drinks. 
and we'll just have a good time. Because like someone, I think Dave Arnold said it, or it was Bo, huh? Bo from One Million Cards, who's like right there. He's like right there to hit a million cards. I think he's kind of sitting back for the right card. And we'll bring him on. We need to bring him on. Yeah, for sure. Maybe the next podcast we'll bring Bo because he's so close to reaching his goal. He's going to beat us. And I'm proud of that. I did run into it at the Chicago Sports Spectacular. I don't really think that's a competition. But. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> if, you know. One, I guess it's a million is the thing that's in common. I'd rather have a million dollars than a million Cubs baseball cards. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if each Cubs card is worth more well, than a dollar, then maybe not. There's a lot of cards worth a penny. I know. Or maybe. I, I own a lot of them. <laughs> I know. But one of the great things about the Club 400 Christmas parties, we always do something special for somebody. And we are doing something special. And you know what? We're going to keep it. We always call it the Club 400 Christmas Surprise. So we have a goal. And it's very important that we reach this goal. All right? The goal is, and this will get us to $850,000, that we raise $10,000 that night. So you're going to say, Stu, how are you going to raise $10,000? I'm going to say it's pretty simple. We're going to sell 80 tickets at $100, okay? 80 tickets at, what's the math on that, William? That'd be $8,000. You did, you, you must have been good in math. I was. Surprisingly. I know. <laughs> uh, I was not good in math. Uh, anyways, $8,000. I'm glad you let me do the calculation before the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Only 80 tickets sold. Yep. Because we're not doing any tents. Right. We ain't doing anything outside. That stuff all costs money, heaters and everything else. So it's going to be indoors only. And all the, $10,000 is a go. We're going to do... Bill Watts, our main guy who just texted me a little bit ago, is going to donate an Andre Dawson sign, uh, sign uh, piece that we're going to raise money on. Um, we also have four Chicago Bears tickets in the Cadillac Club. What? With parking in the stadium. Oh, Joe Rodriguez needs to show up for this party. We need to get Joe Rodriguez's pocketbook out. Yeah, he's a Cubs fan. I mean, a Bears fan. Yeah, I mean... Not a very wise man. I, no. But anyways, so we got those. We got some other things. Um, I got an autograph signed baseball. Uh, Ryan Sandberg autograph baseball that was donated for this. So we're going to sell raffle tickets, and we're going to do maybe an auction or two. And the goal is $10,000. And you're going to say, oh, then, you know, how are we paying for the party? Well, we got the food donated, and we are looking for sponsors, guys. All right? We're looking for a couple sponsors at either 500 or or 1000 you know, each and that'll obviously get you in the party, and it'll get you in a couple more parties. So if you're interested in sponsoring the Club 400 Christmas party, uh, you just give, give me a call or reach out to me online. Um, but the big news is, is we added not one, but two Cubs celebrities. We are bringing in your local favorite from Palatine, Mike Talkman, man. The Palatine Pounder. I'm not sure if he likes the Palatine <laughs> Pounder. Like, I was warned today, he doesn't, but I'm, I'm going to talk to our guy. John Maley is also coming, and I think he'll be... Uh, he'll be able to advise us on what he likes. Yeah, if he doesn't like to be called the Palatine Pounder, Pounder, then I'm going to have to return some shirts to Javier's shirts, but uh, no, I'm, I'm sure we'll work it out. But We'll get something. I heard he wasn't too, like... You know, he didn't like that too much. Yeah, but I could see where he wouldn't. The, the Palatine Pounder, that could be a lot, mean a lot of things. It like, could mean a lot of things. <laughs> Weren't you called, like, the Huntley Pounder back in the day? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was definitely not called the McHenry Pounder at all, man. I couldn't hit the shit out of all, but yeah. it could mean a lot of different things, right? Right, absolutely. And uh, especially if, you know, let's just say, like, back in the day, like, 
Talkman was a pounder, you know, <laughs> that might not be a good thing, right? Right, exactly. So we're going to find out about that. But no, no, Mike Talkman had a beautiful year as a Cubs, and he'll be a part of the team next year. And, you know, it's a short trip over here. So, he's you know, off season, I heard his family is going to come. That's fantastic. His wife and his mom and dad, and, and we're going to do autographs. We're going to do pictures. We're going to do Q&A. And we're going to do Danny Rockets doing the Christmas carols. And, and we might do some you, trivia, too. That night, Carly did a great job with the staff over here. Uh, you weren't here for that either, William, because you always blow me off. But with the security staff, Carly did uh, music trivia. It was a big hit, but we didn't have any microphones because, fortunately, Sean Gary doesn't talk to me anymore. So, oh, I mean, yeah. he doesn't really has, he's really about the Vixen now, you know. Yeah. So if you're listening, Sean, which I don't think he listens that much, we he love you doesn't. more than you love us. Yeah. And we'd love for you to come set up the microphones before December 9th Christmas party. This is a ask on the podcast, all right? <laughs> See if he responds to me. I don't think he listens. I bet he doesn't. <laughs> he says he does, but well, we'll find out. We'll find out for sure. So, uh, big day, Saturday, December 9th, 6 to 10 o'clock, Mike Talkman from your own Palatine, Illinois, along with our guy, John Maylee, and by the way, with the party you, of the year. If you have not been here when Maylee's been here, it's epic. It's always He's epic. He's an yeah. epic guest, for sure. So, we're going to do a Q&A with those guys. He'll probably wear his World Series ring, and you might be able to try it on if you play your cards right. Talkman doesn't have a world. Oh, John Maley. Talk about John yeah, Maley. Yeah. <laughs> oh hey, Talkman sticks around. He might hey, get the one. The pounder doesn't have one yet, but <laughs> he may soon. No, it's awesome. I I love the Christmas party. It's so great. It's like it is the best year, party of the year. It's like uh, it's if you have not experienced the Club Four Hundred family, the aspect of family with that, it feels like you're having a Christmas party with your family. And you like everyone in your family, so exactly. it's like it's almost like, or you pretend to like everybody in your well, family. Yeah, there, you, but there's I think, always those few people you don't like. There's that a much. couple, but not at this. But no, party. no, not, not really. at this part. No, not this it's year. all it's all love. They're banned this year. Those people <laughs> you won't like. So. But I mean, honestly, it, it is a good time. It's a good vibe. It's a good way to start the Christmas season. In Absolutely. fact, I got to put up the Christmas tree on Friday. I know Lauren's about bothering me. We got to put oh, up the Christmas boy. tree. Yeah. You know, I know some people probably put it up a month ago. I don't put it up until after Thanksgiving. That's the way. How about you? Well, are, you are you putting up a tree this year? I am not this year because I'm moving. Oh, so, yeah, moving, you yeah. know, I'm not going to be putting one up. So I'm going to come over here and enjoy yours. Uh, you want to come help put mine up? No, but I'll come over when it's done. Jesus. <laughs> as long the, as you don't ask me to move, then you don't have to help me put up my Christmas tree. Yeah, there tree. you go. I'll take the family photos and stuff. I'll, you know, we'll make some hot chocolate. Well, Maybe honestly, if you do need help moving, you know, yeah. we're always here to help you, buddy. Yeah, sure. I know your our good friend Mike McCarthy has uh, oh, started a business, saving right? Saving my life. So real me. quick, tell everybody, because he's such a good guy, someone I love to death. Mike oh, McCarthy has started a business. Oh, we'll be putting a bit together. Yeah, when's the bit going to be put together? Well, I'm still like trying to put my arms around we'll, like what he we'll, does. Will it be kind of like the fly of the wood bit? Can we kinda. play that bit real quick? Because I mean, no one does more for Club 100 and Bill Watts. I don't think no one. And by no the way, does. I mean, the guy reaches out to me, checks on me. I love that guy. Who so Bill Watts? Yeah, he always checks on me. I love him. Are you looking for that perfect piece to be the focal point of your fan cave? or something that will light up your office. Fly the Wood Designs creates unique, custom, made-to-order lighted wood pieces to highlight your favorite team, company logo, or whatever you're looking for. One client said they took my logo and made it better. Easily work with them and create exactly what you envision, or give them artistic freedom to create something incredible. Many of these attention-grabbing pieces are displayed in spaces of Cubs players, businesses, and corporate offices. 
Find Fly the Wood Designs on social at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also contact the wood artist, Bill Watts, at woodflags1 at gmail.com. I mean, Fly the Wood, fan cave, bar, and home decor. We, we would it be- takes your logo and makes it better. Can yeah, you take the sure. Club 400 logo and make it better? I could take a sad song and make it better, but I don't know about that. <laughs> I will say this about Bill Watts. Fantastic artist. Little little wanting in the driving skills, but yeah, well, I just going to bring that up every single time we mention him from now on. But, you should get yeah. him an Uber to the Christmas party. <laughs> or maybe save, his, save, son, save his son, Mason. Well, Mason actually sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game at the uh, Club 400 Music Trivia. Nice. We, did we we did it in Ode to Dorothy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. So uh, we got some big news, William, that I let, you know, I, I, I let William take the wheel on this one. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. Let William take the wheel on this time, one. Man. Yeah. So, William, why don't you tell us about what is going on? This is all the money, just like the Christmas party, right? I love when we do these things. When all your money, right, goes to a cause. It doesn't go to me. It doesn't go to Club 400. It goes to the person that we're raising money for. As you know, earlier this year, I'm going to let you t- tell everybody what's going on, William. But we took the Rose family out to Wrigley Field and gave them an unbelievable day. But in the meantime, fell in love with the Rose family. Austin, as you know, has PCH6. And uh, just remarkable family and our guy. Go ahead. I'll let you take over, William. I'll give right. you. William is running this, okay? Yes. He's so, running this. So here's the thing that's so cool. That day was so awesome, so powerful. And we'd be remiss if we didn't do a shout out to our videographer from that day. I'll let you do that. Which one? The video guy. From oh, Sam. Sam. Sam from X-Ray Productions. And his wife. And his beautiful wife, Nadia. Yeah. Which, so by the they, way, that a good-looking couple. Yeah, definitely. I wish, I mean. I wish I looked I, like that stuff. Me too, man. <laughs> Jesus. Sam looks like a, Nadia is the knockout. Yeah. So anyway. It's a good-looking couple. Put together a just super cool, powerful video, which we got a little delayed in posting. Long story for another day. But it's out there. And, uh. You know, we posted it on our social media, and a Club 400 friend from that you met at Fantasy Camp, I believe, Mike Gomel. Oh, Mike Gomel. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike Gomel sees that. So for those of you who don't know Mike, he's a, a big um, member of the Fantasy Camp. He's right. been to, you know, most of the, probably all the events you've been at there. Oh yeah, he's just he's a same type of person. He likes to help people. He likes to make differences. Well, and he has uh, he has a story as well, and we will definitely have him on a future podcast. And I think we had him on one before, but we didn't talk enough about uh, Joey's song. Right. But he had a son that passed away. Wait, what is Joey's song, and how was it created? Well, he had a son that passed away who had epilepsy, and so it's a foundation that he's put together to raise money specifically for epilepsy and epilepsy research and all that kind of thing. Um, but he is using a, as we're using sort of the Cubs as the platform with Club 400, he's using a music uh, bent to his his uh, organization. Now, he happened to go to college with some pretty famous musicians. Um, one of his real good friends is, is Butch Vig, who... Um, has been in a number of bands, but he was also a producer and most famously produced the Nirvana Nevermind album, 
which is fucking cool. <laughs> Pretty awesome. One of the greatest albums of all time. Could be argued in the top five. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, um, over the years, Mike has, he's he lives in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and he's had a venue, and he has gotten, it's it's growing. I, I think he's probably a pushing 10 years, seven, 10 years, somewhere in there. Yeah. It's growing every year, and he invites more and more artists, and they have a, a concert to raise money for Joey's song organization, which goes to that. So he saw this video. And I'll tell you what, compared to us, he's big league. We're like minor league. This guy does a, oh, he's gives a $100,000 grants away. Yeah, no, he's big, he's big time. Yeah. Um, but he uh, saw that video, and they in the video – Austin's parents, Brian and Sarah, talked about um, his seizures and stuff that he has. And that really hit him hard because that was what had happened to his son, Joey, um, a lot. And so he heard that, and he immediately reached out to us and said, we need to do something for him through Joey's song. So anyway, long story short, on January 6th, 2024 he's calling it the battle of the bands joey's song club 400 and austin's a team present the battle of the bands this year and just so you know who some of the performers are there are uh members of the bands soul asylum the bangles belly portugal the man big star letters to cleo Silver Spun Pickups, Cheap Good band, by the way. Oh, yeah. I like Silver Spun Pickups. I've seen them at the House of Blues once. They're awesome. And many more uh, will be combining at the Sylvie Theater. uh, Slivy, Sylvie? It's a Sylvie. Sylvie. Yeah, we'll go with Sylvie. In Madison, Wisconsin. Um, Charlie Barons will be there. Who Anybody who knows really anything about Wisconsin probably has heard of Charlie Barons. We'll leave it at that. He's a comedian, and he'll be doing yes, he'll be doing auctions. I think performances yeah. and yeah. auctions yeah. and stuff. So anyway, when Mike approached us, his idea was he has a VIP um, part of this event. He's selling VIP tickets for three hundred and fifty dollars. He is uh, letting us sell VIP tickets to Club Four Hundred members. Club 400 people who listen to the Club 400 podcast, kind of anyone who's related to Club 400, plus anyone from Austin's A-Team, anyone who's friends with the Rose family, you know, basically anyone that's related to either of our two organizations can buy these VIP tickets for $200 donation, which, by the way, is tax deductible, and... um and you get the VIP experience at this event, which is its own separate room. It's uh, The event starts at 6 o'clock at night, and all of this information will be all over our social media pages. It starts at 6 o'clock at night, but there's a VIP. starts at 5, right? Well, that's for the VIP members That's only if only. you're buying tickets for from Club 400. You get the VIP experience. So we're in this. And room. you're getting $150 off the ticket, right? And all $200 goes straight to the Rose family. 100% goes to the Rose family. At 5 o'clock, there'll be a meet and greet with all of these artists. 
pictures, kind of same deal as what you have when you have a party here. Pictures, autographs, um, all that kind of thing. There's food and drink. There's, you know, all kinds of things. Like you said, it's a first class um, first class thing. Actually, you know, we'll have him on before the event so he can really yeah, we'll, get we'll into the nitty gritty about the details and stuff. But um, I've already talked to Austin's dad, Brian, and he's got people that are already lining up for this. Right. And they're going to go up there. They're going to get hotels and, you know, turn it into an overnight, you know, or weekend uh, event. And, and, yeah, and why wouldn't you? It's, and it's like a great you said, cause. 100% of the money goes directly to the Rose family. And uh, I couldn't be more excited to be a part of this. I mean, And we'll be there, William. Oh, we'll be there 100%. We will be there. For sure. So. And I will tell you this. Like, you have not been to a Joey Song event, have you? I have not. I've been to two of them. And they are so well done, so professional. Like, that's why I say, like, the Sylvie, uh, he had it there last year. And the place is amazing. It's amazing. I mean, this is where you go see big bands play, and um, the acoustics were awesome, the atmosphere was awesome, and the production, you know, anybody could put a show on, right? But it's how you put the show together and how everything runs together and how smooth everything flows, and Mike knows how to do that. Oh, like, he's, yeah, he's really... Yeah, he's excellent, and he'll, you'll see him that night up there. He's the guy with the long wave. Long hair, yeah, yeah. I told him, oh my gosh, his hair's getting so long, dude. Maybe we should cut his locks for money down the line, but no, that's what that's. I mean, but yeah, Mike is an unbelievable guy. He's a big part of Club Four Hundred, and uh, you know, I try to give you know donate to his charity every year if possible. And we're gonna have a great thing later on next year uh, that is gonna bet both of our charities that Mike is a big part of too. So that's exciting. But if you can come out to Madison, Wisconsin on January sixth that evening, and you want to come out for a great night, a great concert, and all your money is going to a great family. Yeah, I mean, this would be a great Christmas present or anything. Um, oh, wait, and there's more, too. Bing, 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 bing. Bonus time. Bonus time, right? Oh, not yet. There's more oh, about there's, the event. If you oh. buy a ticket, you get a... F- what? That's what I was going to tell you. Oh, bonus. Oh, oh, that, oh. This is the bo- same bonus oh, oh, time. I thought we were bonus time. Oh, <laughs> we're not bonus time yet. I'm no. confused. I just got a call. I just got a text uh, earlier, right before we came on from the author of Randy Huntley's new book, Iron Man, John Augustine. And he is going to donate 50 Randy Hunley Iron Man autographed copies. And we are going to give each one of those books away to the first 50 tickets sold. So not only are you going to get a ticket for Madison, Wisconsin, for Joey's song, where all the money goes to Brian Rose, you're also going to get a Randy Hunley book. And I'll tell you what, that's a great, you know, if you buy your tickets now and you want to come pick up your book before Christmas, I'll make sure that happens, all right? So... Like you said, it's a great Christmas present. It's a great cause. You'll have a great night, and you'll know that all your money is going to help somebody. But wait, there's more. If we get 50 people, we are going to also have a raffle while we're there, and the winner will get a guitar signed by all the artists there. Are you kidding me, William? Is this really true? This is true. I don't just make stuff this, up on the is, fly. This is not fake news. This is real stuff here. I know. Unbelievable. I know. So wait a minute. You're getting $150 off a ticket. You're going VIP style. 100% VIP You're going to meet all the bands. Yeah, and hang out with them. You're going to get a Randy Hunley book if you're one of the first 50, signed and autographed. And and then you're going to get entered to buy a a guitar autographed by all the people at this concert. Sounds like a no-brainer. Including Dave Perner. So Lisa McCracker, if you're you're listening. By the way, Mike gifted her 
a Soul Sign autographed guitar last year. That will find a place. I have not hung it up yet. There's a lot of things. I and another, do. by the way, by the way, and again, this is Lisa in case you're listening. Dave did, who was there last year. Dave did. I had a hand in getting him there, but I wasn't there. But he did promise this year that he would play Misery. He did? Yes. No way. I didn't hear This is breaking news. I know. I got it all, man. You put me in I, charge. I mean, I mean honestly. You put me in is, charge of an event. This is what happens, Stu. I mean, that's what I got to say about Club 400, man. We always bring the action, right, William? We always bring action. And now with the help of people like Mike Gomel from Joey Song, we bring music. We bring, like I said, I, you know, we do a lot of great things, and we have a lot of people that are in this organization that makes this organization better. And uh, like I said, we're, you know, for, for the next year, uh, we're looking for sponsors and uh, donations. So we can do great things like we did for the Rose family. And um, just unbelievable. So... So we got a lot of good news tonight, a lot of breaking news out there. And we have a uh, you know, a little treat for you. This, little, yeah, we're gonna a give little you, Thanksgiving festival, if you will. And so we're gonna go to that. We're gonna go, we're gonna take you to August seventeenth with Joe Madden. We're gonna do bonus time extra at the very end. So you stick around. You can just hear me and William talk for about ten minutes about stupid shit. Uh but anyways, I will tell you guys this. We also have another event, which is not Anything to do with Joey's song event, but I just wanted to do, bring it up. Tickets are going to be $40. We're doing a doubleheader on January 6th. We're celebrating Dorothy in Chicago, and we're going to go from Chicago to Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to pull it off. Road trip. We're going to watch our Jaegers, and if we get enough people, maybe we can get a bus. If we get enough people that want to go to Dorothy's party and the Madison party, we'll get a bus. But, you know, Dorothy obviously was laid to rest. Did we even talk about Dorothy on the last podcast? We did, yeah. Okay, so... You know, I went to her funeral and everything like that, and um, it was, you know, I just felt like we need to do a funeral celebration of like celebration of life, Dorothy style, and so we're doing it at Dorothy's favorite restaurant, La Villa. Tickets are only forty dollars, and you know, we don't like to comp- have two events on one day, but January sixth was specifically chosen by a lot of the people that work for the Chicago Cubs because a lot of the sh- people that work at the Chicago Cubs work for Levy. So when you work for Levy, you got to work at other places like United Center. It was the one day when there was nothing going on at United Center. So it wasn't a date I chose. It was a date that, you see, Dorothy is bigger than life. She knows so many people. And there's so many people in Chicago that care about her. So we are going to be there. The tickets are going to be on the website by Monday. $40 a ticket. I want to tell you what that includes. No money goes to Club 400. No money goes to anything. This is just a celebration of life. And in order to get the restaurant, we had to, buy some kind of package so from 12 to 4 we're gonna have unlimited pizza pasta salads uh, soft drinks we'll have a cash bar we're gonna have open mic john vincent is gonna be involved in this event john bennick will be involved in this event and it's gonna be a blast and there's gonna be an after party which we will not be at william we will be on the road to madison at bernie's bar on the second floor later on that evening but uh so you'll see that on our website but that's it ladies and gentlemen Please enjoy our Thanksgiving treat to you. The biggest party we ever threw at Club 400 raised $75,000 to Special Olympics. Here is our guy, Joe Madden, Ron Coomer, and our guy, Danny Rocket, kicking off the Q&A with the unbelievable song that really put us in the mood that night. Didn't it, William? It's so great. So here we go. We haven't released it yet. We thought if you're driving to your aunt that you don't like or your uncle that you do love, Listen to this on the way. We appreciate you guys. We are Cub fans helping Cub fans. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. Eat all the turkey you want. 
Get a hang. I hope you have a hangover for Thanksgiving Day, but and enjoy this. And don't talk politics. Do not talk politics. Your cubby hymnals. This is for you, Joe. We have a lot of... We have... Thanks, Joe. You are the man.
<laughs> made the Cubs so much freaking better. I love that. That was good. That, I mean, seriously, uh, to be. Uh, uh, I just was at Beatles, Bruce right? Bruce concert too, and yeah, now right. we got the Beatles. I mean, what more do you want in a week? <laughs> Got to use this at every one of my events from now, uh, from moving forward right now. So everybody knows, it's kind of fitting that that song played. So we would, on Sunday mornings, doing the manager show, which we would do every day, but Sunday mornings were always special because we'd go to the ballpark, the team would never hit Sunday mornings, neither team would take batting practice. But I'd get there early, we'd go into Joe's office, and we would do music trivia. We wouldn't talk baseball. It was always music trivia. And then we would end the last five minutes before we had to do, they actually had to work, and do the manager show. We would do the Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem, that's right. Right? And, and we would play. And all these young guys are walking past his office. And here, the, the old guys sitting there were 1972. Who was the number one? Old guys? <laughs> well, they were the old guys. Your players weren't old. Yeah, he would do this week, that particular yeah. week yeah, in right. that year. And we did it every side. I did it back with the Rays back in the day. It's my. Um, is still still doing it every Sunday morning, <laughs> Sunday morning. about I don't even know uh, six thirty seven o'clock in the yeah. morning something like that. Casey comes on and it brings you back in time and it's a beautiful moment. We would we would laugh. We would do trivia. Yes. Uh, JD was always there. Jimmy Deshays the was best, always there. The we'd be sipping coffee and you know and then we'd get one of these from from Peter Chase. They're like you know guys we got to wrap this up. We do have a ball game here and there's gonna be forty thousand people watching. And I'm like, yeah, I guess we well, got to do the manager. Well, yeah, Dog was the Coombs the best at this. I mean, you could uh, just listening to him right now. You listen to him and Pat on a daily basis. He made it very comfortable for me. We did it for five consecutive yeah, years. Every day. Before every game, we did the, uh, the little pregame show, and we had a great time. It, 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 it did eventually devolve or evolve into baseball. But prior to that, it was about everything but baseball, cars, music, yeah. whatever. Uh, we always wanted the HBO version of our pregame show. <laughs> We could say whatever we wanted to say. That would be I way still want better. to do that. Uh, right. uh, but again, I thanks, man. Thanks yeah, for all you did absolutely. for me. I appreciate it. It was great. Yep. Yeah. So I know we got a quick Q. We're going to do a Q&A, and we're going to ask you guys for some questions, too. Yeah. But first and foremost, let's, let's, let's start at the very beginning. I, I remember being, being here in 2014 uh, and broadcasting the games with Pat, and I was happy as hell to be back home. And everybody was talking about Tom spending money and, and building this team back. And some guys had signed, and there were some pieces here. Anthony was here, and there were some guys here. Starling Castro was a good player. And then there was talk that your contract was going to get... Became open. Came much. open, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a contract issue that then you became a free agent like... That's because instantly. Andrew Freeman went to the Dodgers. Right. Andrew had called me... Told me I didn't want to screw this up. Yeah, uh, Andrew <laughs> told me in advance that he was considering going to the Dodgers. And I said, man, if that happens, you got to do it. You absolutely have right. to do that. And he's, uh, that was it. And then I was up in Pennsylvania. I was doing a golf tournament at my Valley Country Club. And then I'm driving back down to Florida in my RV, get a call from Andrew. I'm taking the Dodgers job. And oh, congratulations. I could not be happier. He's like a brother to me. So anyway, he gets the job. And then a couple minutes later, um, uh, Matt Silverman calls me, the president of the team, and he says, oh, and by the way, because Andrew left, you have like a, I think it was a 10-day or two-week window of being right. a free agent. That was built into the contract by a local 
guy, Alan Nero, my agent, who built that into the contract, kind of a genius move. So for 10 days or two weeks, I became a free agent because Andrew had left. And with that, it opened up Pandora's box. Um, eventually, um, I met with the, uh, uh, Theo and Jed on a little beach in Navarre Beach. Back in my RV, some tall, cold uh, Miller Lite, 16 ounces. Some uh, there was talk of bad wine too. They had to stop no, at like Walgreens or somewhere to get wine. Life, life hey, is life know, is too short hey, for bad contracts wine. Contracts can contracts can be done over some bad wine. So we <laughs> sat in the back there. We sat on this little beach, and that's how it began. Then I'm driving out west in the RV. I eventually get to like Junction, where uh, Bear Bryant used to take his boys back at I think Texas Tech back in the day or Texas A&M. And right about there, the phone rings. It's Alan Cubs offering me the job. That's exactly how it came down. Right? And for, for everybody who's, you know, we've played here, you live here, you're a Cub fan, you know, you, you don't, when you're going to make the big steps, there's, there's certain key moves that get made that, you know, obviously players, you can't win without great players. Right. I thought the two biggest signings that year by far, the Cubs made a commitment to a manager that knew how to win, and John Lester. Yeah. Joe proved it in Tampa, no. and as soon as those moves happen here in the winter, instantly as a as a player who's played against Joe for many years, you know, on different teams, you know then all of a sudden, we're serious about winning. And we can't always say that here in Chicago. <laughs> Joe, I've lived That's horrible to admit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Johnny Lester was a huge move. We, uh, we were in the winter meetings in San Diego, I was out for dinner with Ruben Amaro and David Hollins at some local steak, right? And we actually had uh, more than one bottle of wine. Yes. And I, I'm walking back to the uh, Hyatt. I'm walking in the door, and everybody just converges on me with cameras and microphones, etc. I did not know that we had signed John Lester. So I began to talk to myself and said, slow down and don't say anything stupid. Because... I mean, seriously. Uh, if Set you know, the half-open bottle of Silver Oak down. That's <laughs> right. If you if you know if you know Ruben Amaro and if you know David Hollins especially, it gets kind of sideways. So I walked in there and they all, like I said, converged. And I remember speaking to myself: speak slowly, don't say anything stupid. That was the first my first intro, like to, to being like a Cubs manager at a winter meeting. Worked out. It worked out well. Yeah, Johnny Lester is a beautiful man. Johnny Lester, my God, um, one of the best big game pitchers in recent memory. John Lester, never intimidated by anything. John Lester, one of the best athletes, right? When he came here, he had to start hitting because he became a National League pitcher. Everybody was like making fun of him. I said, wait a second. I like the swing. We used to talk yeah, about this all yeah. the time. I said, I like his swing. And all of a sudden, he popped a couple left center field over the wall. And remember when we pinch hit him, um, extra innings, first and third, safety squeeze, full count, he gets it down. No, I'm serious, he gets it down. It's one of he the biggest that moments good of, an athlete. of the season. Right. And that flipped the season over momentum-wise. And you said us in the postgame, and Pat brings this up always. You said, games like this can change a season. Right. And I'm paraphrasing, that's not maybe not it's exactly close. Enough. close. <laughs> Pat would remember exactly. Pat remembers everything. I, you know, sorry, I get hit with too many fastballs. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it did because the team went on a roll, and you had brought that up right away in the post-game show 
in your in your comments. Moments like that. And the other one I love is when you win a game on the road in extra innings. Another because you're batting first, the home team gets the bat second. It's a little bit different now with the uh, abbreviated rule, the watering down of the game, uh, the stuff that's absolutely not necessary. And I could go on and on and on about that. Uh, the only really the new I'm jumping around, but the new rule that I like is the clock. I'm into the clock. I never thought that I would, but I thought that was the one change that if it were made, all the other stuff would become moot points. You don't need the other stuff. You don't need three batter minimum. You don't need runner at second base. You don't need all this other stuff. The bigger bases, I, I guess there's maybe a little merit to that, but everybody's stealing bases, not because of the bigger bases, because you can't throw over to first base. Yeah. We got them on the table. What do you got? Stu yeah. ordered pizzas, the pizza boxes. Oh, pizza. That's what, that's what we okay. got. That's the bases. Second base. Paint it white. Yeah, right. I mean, extra large pizza. You threw three out there like we were kids. The stones, we the go. stones painted it black. We're going to paint it white. Uh, yeah, I mean, all this stuff is not. It's not necessary. I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's not necessary. But I do like the clock. I like the pace. When you're when you're when the in the dugout and your pitcher's taking forever, your hitter's stepping out of the box. It's so annoying. So I've always liked. It's annoying. We don't like that either. Um, I've had pitchers like Jeremy Hellickson try to get him to speed up, speed up, speed up. He didn't want to hear it because he was somewhat successful to a point. And when, it, when it's somebody is successful, they do not want to change their patterns. And I get it. I'm okay. However, when you're that long, that, it, it just doesn't play, and the rest of the team suffers because of it. So we speed up. You know, the season gets started. 2015 is rolling. But right before the 15th season, as you address everybody, the Chicago media, the Chicago fans, you made a statement that we are here to win a World Series. That's right. Well, that's the we thing. We hadn't too. heard that around this town. Too many times groups go in. They go in and they want to be 500. Yeah. They want to be, we want to be pertinent. We want to play meaningful games in September. You can stuff that crap, you know? You're here, you're here, you're here to win. That's why you do this. So, I mean, even with the Rays, we go back to the Rays. Now, that was a building. That was a building process. We stunk. When I got there in 2006, it was the most dysfunctional organization I'd ever seen. And there was nothing good going on there. By 2008, we're in the World Series. Uh, but even, even back then, you need to talk as though you're going to play the last game of the year and win it. Any kind of commentary, any kind of a thought process is not acceptable, I don't think. Because you come here to win. This, when you play in the major leagues, when you're in the big leagues, you're there for one particular reason. And I, there's so much, um, so many people happy to become uh, mediocre these days. It really, it really jars me. You're there to win. You're not there to be mediocre. The first time I, you, the first time for me that you saw that spirit of the team. Some games played early, and you could see the team starting to bond, which that was leadership, right? You've got a bunch of guys that have come in, and now you've got some guys that want to win. You've got some guys that haven't won but are very good. And then the bonding thing starts early in the year. Um, talk about that. Your leadership from you and Davey Martinez, your bench coach, who you've been with, and then the Zobris and the Rizzos and some of those guys that – help propel that into what it turned out to be it is creating a culture and if you've never done that before you kind of mock that what does that mean and for me building the culture is you do build relationships you do create trust 
you do exchange ideas, and you do uh, eventually argue a bit. And at the end of the day, you arrive at the point where we like this, we think this can work, and everybody buys in. And that's how you flip a culture. And beyond that, um, I used to have my lead bull meeting, meaning that I get the most influential guys on the team, and they would create the policy for the team, not me. That's their room, it's not my room. So we get together, create the policies, and then I wanted them to take it to the players, and I'm only there to interfere if things really do go sideways. If they don't, it's up to Coombe. Guys like Coombe in a room make everything different and better. When too many people, it's true, too many, too many voices, everybody wants to be the voice, um, and then becomes confusing. It has to be a consistent message. So my involvement as a manager, honestly, needs to be minimal. If I'm doing my job properly, when I will show up at the ballpark on any given day, I actually feel like I have nothing to do. And that means I've done everything right or well. If I got to go there every day and feel like it's, it's up to me to do everything, then I have done a really poor job of setting this whole thing up. So that's what it was, was flipping the culture, making sure you empower your coaching staff, you empower the leaders on your team, and then you stay out of the way and you permit people to do their jobs. To me today, uh, the way leadership is defined, leadership today is defined by the word control. Everybody wants to control. To me, the word uh, a good leader empowers. And I think that's what's missing or becoming missing uh, in regards to methods, methodology, how are we gonna do this thing? Everybody wants to control a situation. And, even, and especially if you've never done it before, it becomes even more difficult to understand. So empower your people, don't control them. Well, you got 25 of, yeah. 25 or 26 men in a room yeah. that have done nothing but succeed their whole life, right. and now you're trying to push them over the top to win a World Series. So there's something to that. Well, and then it's yeah. the, the team building, the, yeah. the, the theme road trips. The, yeah. the having a, a zoo in left field. We brought the Columbus Zoo in left field. I held the snow leopard. I held a baby snow leopard. A month from then, he would have mauled my face off. I was still able to hold Hold it. on. The best of all of that in spring training is Tim Buss's costumes oh, yeah. that Bussy would wear in spring training and stretching. I would get to the park early on those just days to see it. just to see what the hell Bussy was going to wear that day. It would be the full-length fur with the... That was mine. That was my fur. fur coat, yeah. But underneath it was, you know, the bikini underwear. Yeah. Oh, it was just great. Well, the Music one... blaring. He's hysterical. He's just the... If I get a job again, he's my yeah. first hire. He was my hire. strength coach when I signed here in Chicago in 01, and he was a rookie. He didn't say where. But we took him every day, everywhere we'd go to dinner, those, you oh, know, yeah. those road trip dinners to the steakhouses, Bussy would come. By all-star break, he was running our team. And we're looking around and going, who the hell is this kid? He, he didn't say boo in, in April, and now he's like the leader. He's glue. He's definitely <laughs> he's the glue. He's glue. He's glue. Yep. The one, the, one of the best was when we had the paintball gun, and we went behind where nobody can see us. And Bussy was out there like in uh, like a uh, Speedo and nothing else. And he started like uh, on the edge of the uh, batting tunnels and ran to the other side. And Hector Rondon had the paintball gun, and we film it. We film it. So Bussy's running. Grown men. And he's running, and, and Hector's boom, 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 boom. And it's hitting him all over the place, exploding. And in slow motion, you see, you know, Bussy's a strength and conditioning yeah. coach only by name. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the body. By degree, yeah. Yeah, the body, the body does not reflect his title. So every time a paintball would hit him, that jello would just jiggle. And 
and then we would play it back for everybody. You know, that's the kind of stuff that helps you win. Everybody wants rah-rah speeches. We play every night. You play every day. Your voice is going to be turned off if you talk too much. Yeah, it was some good stuff. That was good. So let's spin forward. We're in the middle of 2015, but for everybody here, and I, I want to get some questions from you guys. Yeah. We're in 2015. When did you feel like all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is really special? When we beat the Giants in a four-game series. Yeah. I don't know what that... Uh, I, honestly, I remember... Well, one of it was putting Addison at shortstop and moving yeah. Starlin. And I give Starlin Castro so much credit. He sat in front of me in that little office at Wrigley. It was like a little tiny cubicle. And I explained everything to him. He did not cry, did not complain, did not make an excuse. I got so much respect for him from that one uh, particular moment. But then we were going to play the Giants four game series. Giants were the champs. The Giants yep. always won in even years and all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm driving out to Wrigley. I go down Clark. I used to go down. I, yep. I like to ride. I like to see right. the scenery. So I go down Clark, and I'm getting there. I'm thinking to myself, wow, uh, this is really an important moment. And I don't normally like to add any more weight to any particular game or series except the seventh game of the World Series, right? That's different. But I'm driving down there, and I was, like, so turned on by this thought that we need to handle the Giants, and if we do that now, this can propel us. Boom. And so it was a four-game series. We win the first three games. The fourth game, we're leading, I think, 3-2, ninth inning. They have the bases loaded, nobody out. And Hector escaped yeah. that some, some escaped, way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we win four in a row against the Giants late in the season, and at that point there, everything became believable. Do you remember that? I know I do. We, that was one of those things. Now we got two guys here that have played a little baseball. So hey, they got questions. Guys. Bobby, hey, here. Oh, here we go. I don't know if I can answer questions. these questions. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you said you wanted some hard ones. Yeah, I did. I, I, I didn't mean it, though. <laughs> Oh, you're right, boys. Okay. So you got it. Here you go. All right. So we, we got a question. We figured the skipper could answer. So you got you got to set up the lineup, and you got to pick between the 16 and the 84 team. So we'll start off with we'll go, go right to the top of the lineup, and so you got Dexter and then you got me. That's why you got the big bucks there. I'll go with Bob, Bobby Fowler. <laughs> Good choice. Now you got a tripod. You know you got Montero and Rossi and yeah, right. and and Contreras and, and, or Jody. Jody, 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 Jody. Skipper, I'll Jody. say this. He's the only catcher I knew that had his own song from Harry. It just is that. Okay. We won't put too much pressure on him, but we'll we'll answer this. So you got Jim Fry or Joe Madden? Who we got? Joe! 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 No, no, from a couple of old guys uh, that didn't quite get it done in 84, man, we really appreciate you and thank you everything you did for us. And all, all the Cup fans, and, and we were there with you, man. We were a part of it. No, real quick, this, you know, they gave us rings, too, so this guy was a big reason why. Uh, you got to understand something about the Cubs um, that's not 100% uh, noticeable, but when I get there, 
I'm a big believer in the alumni, big believer. And the one thing the Cubs do really well is they support and promote their alumni. And when these guys come to camp and they participate, I get to talk to them, the players get to uh, talk to them, they hang out on occasion. I love the vibe that you guys bring. So that was one thing in the beginning that I really appreciated about coming on over is the way that the Cubs treat the alumni and I've always appreciated that about you guys. Thank you very much. And I, I think, you know, to Bobby's point, for all of us, I, I remember signing here in 2001 with a really good veteran team, thinking the only reason why I left Minnesota was to come to my hometown to try to win a World Series. Yeah. Because every guy that came here as a free agent, whether this was hometown or not, you wanted to win because the Cubs had never won, right? I mean, we all know that. And that was, that was the big hurdle, right? Boston had won, now it's the Cubs. And that, that was a big hurdle, a huge hurdle. Well, I think one of the things we did is I think we changed the, the pregame format a little bit. Um, and, and a big thing that I like to do is I like to rest people in the first half. And I know that's always disputed, like, they're young, they're 22, what do they need rest for? They need rest for your brain sometimes, more than your, than your body. So like to rest them early, uh, created a different pregame program. We didn't hit on the field all the time. Try to conserve energy, conserve strength, uh, conserve those mental bullets. This is a game of failure. It really is. If you can't handle failure, you cannot play this game. And it's hard to handle failure when you're tired. It just is. Uh, Vince Labardi, fatigue makes cowards out of all of us. I never, what the hell is he talking about when I first heard that? But then when you get tired and you have to do something well in front of a bunch of people on a, on a very high level, you can't. You can't even talk right. So um, all of that became obvious to me. So we changed the program around. And I think Quite frankly, I don't know this for a fact, but I think the guys had a good time. There was a different, a, a different method uh, that we employed. Uh, listen, it's a game, okay? Sometimes people take this stuff a little bit too seriously. <laughs> After all, it is a game, and I wanted my guys to understand that. So you come out, you play to win, absolutely, you're going to win the World Series, but it's how you uh, apply the thoughts, uh, the pressure, never permit the pressure to exceed the pleasure, that's what was going on, not only here, but in a lot of other places. It's a game. It's not life and death. So I really wanted my guys to understand that. Well, then let's speed forward to 2016, October. Okay. Speaking of life and death. And, right. And we, we get, we're closing in on November, and I just remember us winning here at home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, to go to the World Series, first of all, that was Wrigley Field. That's the loudest I've ever heard Wrigley Field, I thought, when the Cubs won that day. Your thoughts on knowing when you clinch and you're going to the World Series? That's Well, first of all, that was one of the most perfect baseball games yeah. ever played in that under those circumstances. We played so well that night. We didn't do anything wrong. I mean, at bats, pitching, catching the ball, everything about it. We were on top of our game. So game over, we win. You go out to second base, the third time or second or third time I've been involved in that, and you look, and I'm looking up at the stands, looking at the ballpark, again, knowing the history. It's like I have one of my T-shirts, may all your surrealisms come true, and that's what's happening right there. It's, it's well beyond a dream. We all have dreams, but when you have these surrealistic moments actually occur, um, you really have to pause 
breathe, and really understand what's going on in front of you. And that's what I did. I actually did that. And then you know, we're going to this. There's going to be a, a World Series game at Wrigley Field. I mean, that's what I thought, you know. And so, yeah. So you're driving down Clark again, first game with the, the World Series. You get down there, and you're driving down. And wow, what an ominous thought that is. And But then, very positive, we're going to win this somehow. I never thought we weren't. But all of that, just think about it. 108 years, you keep hearing 108. When, it's, what, when, when it happens, what was the, the big phrase in the locker rooms? It will, when it happens, or something like that. In spring training, they had all these, it's some, something like that. And I read that, I read that. I didn't like that either. You know, just, it, just go play, and we did, and it was really a surrealistic moment. That night you drove home, I walked to Murphy's. <laughs> and then somebody drove you home. My car sat at the ballpark for about three weeks. I was just saying. <laughs> I remember it being 2.30 in the morning, and the upstairs of Murphy's is absolutely packed. Eddie's playing piano. Right. The music's going, everyone's singing, and I'm like, I got to be on the air tomorrow. <laughs> I got to get the hell Early. out of here. Yeah, I got to go. Uh, just incredible moment. Go through the World Series. Some of the things, the highlights that you recall going, you know, those, those moments, whether you're, you know, you're getting up in the morning and having your coffee or the, the things that happen or you just look and go, wow. You know, the World Series is so unique. That's the only time I've been involved in a World Series. I didn't play oh, really? one. Okay. I got the broadcast one. And that was unique for me. And I wasn't playing or managing or coaching. Right. What are some of those moments like? Well, the, well they're, again, it's um, my method. I've been in three World Series, won two, lost one. And I've been in, that means I've been in three All-Star games too, right? So I tell me and I tell my team, again, might sound trite, slow down and take a mental picture of everything that you're seeing right now. Because the tendency is that things go too quickly. Whenever you get in situations like that, without even uh, trying, attempting, whatever, you have a tendency to speed things up, and you have to slow things down. So that's the, my number one thought to me. Then I, when I have my meeting with the team, I say that specifically, and I had to address two all-star teams, and that's daunting, believe me. Uh, 2009, and there's Derek Jeter sitting right in front of me as I'm talking to this group, and then again in 17, uh, this whole wonderful group of baseball players and both times, I, I really tried to have them understand that. And with our World Series team, same thing. And understand this, something's going to go wrong. Something's going to go bad. And when it does, we have to maintain our composure and move on to the next moment. I want to say that in advance. So, yeah, we're down three games to one. How about that? That's no fun. And then we're losing that game one nothing. Bowers pitching well. The one that stands out to me is KB's homer in the basket. That thing... That thing turned all the momentum around for us. That made it, made it believable. And then, of course, winning that game, et cetera. But that's the one real seminal moment in that series. With, obviously, without that, it doesn't happen. And then, you know, really playing well in game six and then seven, you know, the roller coaster ride that that was. But again, I mean, that's baseball, man. It, it's never going to – it rarely – theory and reality rarely meet up. So you have to make adjustments. You have to adapt. But – the one that stands out is KB's homer. When you win, when you win that game in game, you're down three to one. You yep. win that game, the whole series flips over. Yeah. 
because their pitching is out of gas. Right. Your pitching is all set up to go seven games. Right. And it's you're down a game, but you're really we felt good about you it. You felt really good. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. We knew that. Yeah. You know? We talked about it. I yeah. felt really good about yeah. it. You're saying the pitching was in order, Jake, and then uh, Kyle, and then Johnny's in the wings. Johnny was ready to yeah. roll. Um, beyond that, I mean, the bullpen had been uh, a little bit wonky, a little bit, but of course, Araldus was outstanding at the end of it. And then, of course, think about it. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr. and Mikey Montgomery. Now listen, I love both of those guys, but to expect them to be the stalwarts out of the pen in the series, that's a little bit of a reach. But they 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 came. The, Where's Fat Hughes that yeah, I right, right. Well, Joe? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you a tidbit on that because the way that game played out, the last out ground ball to KB yep. was Martinez. The kid's name was Martinez, right? Michael, right. He had uh, pinch run for, not pinch run, he came in defensively for Coco Chris. That would have been Coco Chris' spot in the lineup. So Martinez switched it a right-handed, cannot, literally cannot hit a left-handed curveball. His batting average was right around 100. Mike Borzello was our game planner from the pitching perspective, and of course Mike knew that, and he made sure that Miggy knew that. So when he came up to the plate right there, I promise you, he was going to see nothing but curveballs. You remember the pitch? Big looping curveball, chopper to third, throw to first base. That's where preparation really pays off. I mean, with that, yeah, there's so much nuance involved in these games that you know people will never really know, but that was a big moment, and that's all about prep, and that was all Borzi's prep right there. And Miggy, Miguel Montero is one of the most unsung heroes of that whole event. I'll say this about Miggy. He may have the two biggest hits That's right. in Chicago Cubs history. Yep, the grand slam against Joe Blanton. He got the game-winning hit the other way, and the, other the way, base that's hit right. the other way in Game 7. Do you remember he, the grand slam against Blanton? Do I remember it? Does anybody remember that against Blanton? Thanks for a hanging slider, bro. Okay, two, two questions for uh, the Ducks going to come down. What was the count that he hit the home? Very nice. Very nice. Who was he pinch hitting for? Chapman. 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 Chapman, who said that right there. Very good. See, what happened was they bring all this in, and I, you count the hitters. Uh, when is he going to come up? And he was far enough away that I thought we were going to be safe. We were leading. Yeah. And, then, and so you have an opportunity there to score more runs, or do you leave your guy in? So I went with the opportunity to score more runs. He, and Joe Blatton is a cutter pitcher, slider underneath left-handers. Tougher against lefties than righties, and I knew that. But anyway, here comes Mickey, 0-2, and then he just hangs one. And I promise you, that might have been the loudest home run I heard all year. That thing, from where I stand, I always stand down in that corner, had a good look at it. He caught all of that right on, right on the screws. That, you know, that really propelled yeah. right there. That was outstanding. Oh, wow. yeah. How about it for Joe Madden? <laughs> Last question, Joe. When you think about your time here in Chicago, the Chicago fans and these people like like that are here tonight, your thoughts on, on coming back and, and being involved in it? Well, it's always exciting. And I, when I, you heard me before when the opening remarks, um, I love landing at O'Hare. I love flying over those homes. And I love knowing that I'm part of you. Um, I didn't know that when I flew in the first time. Quite frankly, I'm not going to, you know, I didn't know the culture, I didn't know the tradition, et cetera, as well as I do now, obviously. But 
uh, flying in that first time, really intimidating. Wow. But I was very excited. I was very excited. But look, all these homes flying into this airport. And then you get to the ballpark and you get to that press conference, you get to that marquee. Um, it's just, it is. It's intimidating, it's daunting, whatever you want to call it. But then as we got to know one another, I could not have felt more comfortable. I told Wendy uh, today coming in that exactly, I feel very much at home in this city. I feel very much at home because of you guys. I feel like I've known you my entire life. I have. I, I do. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I do. Welcome to Cubs Baseball, Wendy. This is your first. <laughs> but you're welcome. Thank you. I mean that with the, from the bottom of my heart. Guys, I'd just like to say thank you to Stu yeah. and yeah. Club 400. <laughs> Once again, you outdid yourself. This is one hell of a Thursday night, I'll tell you that. Thank you, buddy. You know, thank you, thank you guys. Awesome party, Stu. Thank you. Welcome to the Club 400 Podcast Bonus Time. I love bonus time. You know, people are like, why do you do bonus time? You just did podcasts. Well, because when we do a podcast, every, William knows that every time we do a podcast, I write down what we need to talk about. Right. I mean, it's, it's all important stuff. And then we don't like to do long podcasts, but as you can see, this one's, what, hour and a half? <laughs> yeah. But we do have Joe Men sprinkled in the middle of it. Right. But it's like most of the time that we come on, as you know, we leave uh, other podcasts take care of a lot of the Cubs coverage, and we're more about the fans and what we're doing about the fans. But we don't really get to talk about just me and you hanging out, and I think me and you hanging out just shooting the shit is the best, don't you, William? Oh, I love it. Yeah. One of these days, we're going to have to break out some of those old podcasts we did when we were super intoxicated that never, ever aired. Put that in bonus time. <laughs> oh, put it in a bonus <laughs> No, so those, those are things could get us in big trouble. Yeah, those are going to have to be their own entity. During code, we get like hammered and yeah. do podcasts. Yeah, we did. Like uh, some of those early podcasts, oh, those are the good times. <laughs> we were both pretty lubricated up, but we've been behaving ourselves lately. We have. So speaking of that, how are you feeling? You've I've been, been going a tough, through tough months, man. Dude, I tell you what, man. Like when it like Luke Combs says, when it rains it pours. Wow, I yeah. definitely got like uh, COVID or I got sick. And that was like, you remember we talked about going to see Modern Day Romeo's at the Vixen for holiday? I mean, for yeah. Halloween? Yep. Never went because I felt like shit. Right. And that was October 25th, so. And it was like, it's gone downhill since then. It's gone downhill. I don't know if it was sober October. Like maybe, like, you know, I got to tell you this funny story. So one night, you know, I've been really behaving myself more than ever. And I think I've lost probably 20 pounds. Um, but one night, you know. I was feeling halfway decent, and I engaged in some activity at my house, and I went in my office, and I started working on Club 400 stuff, but towards the end of it, let's say when the buzz really hit, I made notes, drunk notes to myself. I don't, did I ever tell you this? Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, I made drunk, like- We should read those in the next we, bonus. We thing. should. And let me tell you something. I outsmarted myself a little bit. So I hid them on my desk behind some papers. So I woke up the next day as I got in my office. I work out of my house. And I literally, I put them in a good place so I'd see them pretty quickly. 
And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, my God. And let me tell you something, man. I read these things that I wrote, and I was dead on. One of them, one of them was, don't ever do Solar October again. That was stupid. <laughs> it certainly was not the perfect month for that in any way. Well, I don't know if there is a good month for that. but I'm going to try to do it because I... I know it coincided with the end of the baseball season. Yeah. And it just seemed like the right thing. But I'll tell you what, it screwed me up a little bit. I just like have no desire to drink right now. I tell you what, that's the thing. It's like when you're not feeling 100%, like we could right now be... At Turkey Testicle Festival, you know, drinking tons of beers, hanging out with tons of people. You know what? I don't know, but I don't even want to do that anymore. No. Like, I don't want to go on big crowds. We got to get our mojo back. I know. We're and missing I, our mojo. You know, I love going down the condo and spending time. I haven't been down there in a while. Yeah. And it's no, just it's- like, I don't have any urge to, but when you don't feel good, obviously, like my grandma used to say, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Right. And like, I, I'll tell you what. Nothing's never been more true than this month for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, we went to the Special Olympics gala, me and Lisa, which was awesome. And um, earlier that, earlier that, she cleans up while you. Well, uh, you, you, know. you look pretty good. By the way, that tuxedo was—I got it for free from. Oh. I won't say how I—I oh, I got it for someone who passed away. Okay. And this guy must have been a sexy man because this thing fit me perfect. Oh, nice. <laughs> sexy. I mean, I'm telling you what: the pants fit, the nice. jacket fit, the fit, the the vest fit. He Can't was the same there. size as me. Wow. So I should. That's my mom got it for from me for me from one of her friends, and that thing fit like perfect. Nice. I, I did lose a few. It was a little tight. The, the coat was a little yeah. tight, you know. But like because I was losing some weight before that, it actually I was able to button it. So nice. But yeah. Um, but so I, I had some, I've also had some dental problems, right? So I am like sitting down at dinner at the special Olympics gala and the salad comes out. Right. And I start eating salad and, you know, I like to take my bread and dip it into the dressing dressing. Yeah. I just a big fan of that, especially like Italian or like, oh yeah. So I like to dip it in there. So I'm eating fucking bread, William. Next thing you know, on the bottom left-hand side of my mouth, it feels like an explosion. And my bridge oh, it was at the event. It was at the event. Okay. My bridge busted. And oh. it was a, you know, a bridge is usually 3, you know. Right. Covers up two, you know, you got the crowns and covers up the, the fake tooth in the middle. Yeah. So, if anybody knows, like I'm sure most of you do, but if you lose a tooth, it feels like it's the size of like Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> and now this is three freaking teeth, right? Three. So I'm like, what the hell? I was like, so then I was like, okay. Did it come out? It it come out, dude. It felt like, it felt like so big, you know? So I was like, Lisa, oh my God. I was like, I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. This is not good. She didn't even know what the hell I was talking about. So I go in the bathroom. I try to reinsert this thing and I kind of realized there ain't no way you're going to reinsert it, you know? So I stuck it in a napkin and then I put it in my pocket and it did kind of, changed the trajectory of the night for me because like i was like really bothered by it right and you know so I, we had a good time we stuck it out we stuck it out to like midnight you know it didn't you know free drinks so that helped a little bit you know i kind of did a liquid dinner you know down the pain a little yeah yeah and then uh so we go back to the condo we stay at the condo that night me and lisa and then i woke up the next day slightly hungover, but not too bad and we go home because we had to get back on that Sunday. And then all of a sudden, I get a toothache. 
And then I'm like, oh my gosh. So long story short, I go to different, the dentist. Different area of the mouth? I had, well, no, that was the amazing thing. So that thing broke, that thing broke, but the toothache was on the other side. Oh, so it was a different part of your mouth. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah it's a yeah. different part of my mouth. Jeez. And then I go to the dentist, and I'm like, oh, you need a root canal, but we're, we're going to pull that tooth anyway, so you don't need a root canal, but you're going to have to make, you know, uh, you're going to have to make an appointment with the oral surgeon. Oh, my God, William. So I got to wait two or three days, right, with this nagging head. And to- if anybody's oh. had a toothache... It's the worst. It's the worst thing ever. It's like honestly, it just fucks up your whole head. I don't mean to swear. Um, so I I actually went in for oral surgery uh, a week ago today and had a couple of teeth pulled. Not fun. And uh, so between and then I broke out with this huge freaking rash, dude. Right, I remember that. Yeah. It was like small mini pimples. Like people are, why are you talking about that? But like it had. It had to do with my sweat glands. It had nothing to do with me being sick or having COVID or whatever the hell I had because I thought it was related to the COVID. Or I didn't test myself for COVID just because I work out of my house. So I don't see anybody anyways. So, um, so I didn't feel like the need to do it because I wasn't. I don't really go, you know leave the house all that much uh, or work from home. And um, so I had that going on too, and I was itchy as hell. And then I got this tooth problem, and then I was sick. Like whatever I had, it was. 10 to 12 days and it hasn't whatever it is it hasn't truly left me and that's why we're sitting in the basement tonight doing a podcast so yeah uh, november sucks that's why i haven't seen you because i didn't want to get the itchy pimples i I don't i don't blame you they actually gave me a medicine called accutane which i never even took Mm. because i was feeling so bad i didn't want to accutane is a a medication for uh, pimples or acne and i used to take it when i was a kid and basically, I didn't want to get dried out. It dries you out. It dries your lips out and stuff. Mm. So I kind of waited, and then it was clearing up. So I'm like, maybe I don't have to take it. But luckily, my insurance covered. So I do have some Accutane if anybody needs it. <laughs> Give us a call. Yeah, I do have 100 like, Accutane. <laughs> if anybody has kids on the – but yeah, you got to actually be on it for a while. And you, right. But anyways, yeah, it's been rough, but um, I'm waiting, you know – I'm, you know, waiting for the smoke to clear. It's like I got this cloud that is hanging above my head, and it just won't leave me. But, um, I mean, you've been a pretty busy guy. You've been to Minnesota twice the uh, last month and twice, went to the yeah. concert. Uh, you've yeah. been hanging out with your family a lot. Yeah. How's been, mom doing? Good? Uh, she's doing great. I've had, uh, yeah, quite the month. I went up to Minnesota, family reunion, Viking game, family reunion slash Viking game, wild game. I went with my two brothers to see the wild. So that was a great weekend. Did they win that game? The Wild did win, and the Vikings also won. That Perfect. was the beginning of the Josh Dobbs era that day. Are we going to call it the Josh Dobbs era or no? I think we are, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Vikings are now what? Uh, in the Firmly in the playoff mix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're uh, like, I don't know, six and five or whatever. They're, they're still, you know, they're in it. They got the Bears coming up this weekend. Oh, is that this weekend? We're we'll together for that. Monday, Monday night. Monday so night. I did actually sneak. There's a few things that I did do. During all this madness, and like honestly, like it took everything. Like I was not one hundred percent at music trivia. Um, I did go to a Bears game the day, a couple days before the. Uh, I went to Soldier Field. Let me tell you something, guys. I used to be a season ticket holder before I started Club Four Hundred. I was the tailgate guy, so I was the guy who went shopping on a Saturday, and you know, depending on the game and who was going, but there would be usually be ten to thirty people there on big tailgates we'd have 30 and i was the guy responsible for bringing the beer down the grills the food and so forth so i was like heavy into the bears before i started club 400 
I never really loved the Bears like I love the Cubs, but I did love the tailgating and I did love the camaraderie of hanging out with your friends and I oh, did yeah. love everything about it. I don't like it anymore. Maybe it's because I got older and I do not love Soldier Field. I do not like it at all. And let me tell you something. I, I went there for the first time in a long time with my buddy Neil and I do not miss going to Soldier Field. Mm. They, they're better off moving to Arlington Heights. The Bears actually won that game. That was uh, the one they, when they ran it back and late in the game and won the game. But... um. I, no, I really don't have a lot of interest in the Bears, to be honest with you. you know, or Soldier Field, I agree with you. My, sh- uh, it's a crap stadium. My, I don't know if you know, but my uh, favorite band, who just released a new album. Uh, Rolling Stones are playing there. They're playing there next summer. Are you going to buy I, tickets for that? I don't think I'm going to go, because I hate no? Soldier Field. How about the Cubs concert that was announced? Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins, and My Guys Rancid. Have wow. you seen that one or no? I have not. Do you no. think that was kind of weird that... Smashing Pumpkins was thrown between Green Day and Rancid? A little bit, Do you think yeah. that was a favor? or what? Are they playing the whole tour with them? I don't Smashing know. Smashing Pumpkins? I, I don't know. I did buy two tickets for that one. Nice. I mean, you know, I love buying tickets for concerts. If there's, I like being inside the stadium. Of course, our good friend at uh, Wrigleyville Rooftops. I can always go over there if I wanted to, but I like being in the stadium. Yeah, no, Just like I do for no. games, but I'm looking forward to what the uh, concerts at Wrigley Field are going to be this year. And uh, so we'll see what they what they got. So I caught a lucky break uh, last weekend. I was I went up to uh, St. Paul where I watched my wild. I have season tickets, and I was at a concert that was supposed to be Steely Dan opening up for the Eagles, and lead singer Steely Dan gets sick. Probably got what I got. He might have. Yeah, he said he had itchy pimple syndrome, so <laughs> it might have been the same thing. Kind of gross to talk about, but yeah, I, I'm not, I don't hide anything. It is what it is. Life, life is tough. You get older, things fall apart. Like, I turned 50, and look what happened, William. Exactly. Everything's falling apart, dude. Anyway, at the exact same time that happened, the Doobie Brothers ended their 50-year anniversary tour, and they must have called them last minute, and so they played. They opened the show, and I always was a, you know, loose doobie fan brother fan you know like i always like their music but oh my god was that great and michael mcdonald who's one of their singers yeah he hadn't played with them for years oh really he, he was there no way so yeah and was, then you, you told me earlier they played that was like a four-hour jam show wasn't it for the most part uh, the whole thing was like almost six hours straight music wow. 15 minute break to set the i mean stage. it looked like you had pretty good tickets i saw you post a picture where you did you zoom in on that or yeah you, no i had to zoom a little bit but still you had pretty good tickets huh yeah i did definitely yeah so yeah awesome awesome show uh sandwiched in between there i did get together with my a group of college friends in antioch illinois yeah where my one friend has a cottage there and um, I, I don't think I've talked about my the guy that was the best man in my wedding and, yeah. and his he's and got, your brothers right no they were not there for that um, I thought he was the best man for your wedding and who else's wedding that you knew I thought he was the best man for a couple of you. no we were best men in each other's wedding, okay gotcha and uh, there's a group of seven of us from college and we all got together um, he's got uh, like stage four pancreatic cancer it's just awful and. Um, he was, you know, on the fence as to whether he could go or not because he had chemo that morning. So he was going to decide after that, and then he ended up having some kind of infection and had to be hospitalized. So he didn't go, but the rest of us went and showed up. And you know, it was a bittersweet weekend. It was great seeing all my buddies from from college, but uh, and but we spent a lot of time like talking about what can we do because he he's. I don't know. He's talked about he probably has about a year left or whatever. Right. 
Um, I don't think he listens, so you know, I hate hate even saying that. Right, uh, right, right, right. But we we did spend a lot of time figuring, like, we got to do some stuff for him. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and and I, I mean, the big news for you, too, is like one of the reasons why I haven't seen you because you're getting ready to move. And yeah, we talked about Mike McCarthy. What's Mike McCarthy? He's got opened up a business, right? He's opened up a business. He's like, uh, he's like, the, I don't know what it's called. I got to look that up. But he's like an organizer. So he goes into people's houses and he organizes stuff. Like, it, hard to explain, but you don't realize how many years you've been here in this house i've been here since 2008 you know and you get like the glorious basement but you 15 years 15 years you got 15 years my furnace went out today jesus christ everything's happening wrong i told you shout out to air management air management took care of it look at he split on the spot right over here you know and i haven't been feeling good so the last thing you want to wake up to is a cold you know main floor where my office is too it's like right when you got the chills you don't need to be cold on top of it like so yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna have McCarthy on. Let him talk about his business. But I asked him if do you do things for people who are moving out, and he was like, yeah, definitely. So he came over and he's gone through round one through my house and organized stuff. Like this weekend, I'm gonna be going through piles and throwing most of it out probably, but making sure I'm not throwing anything I don't want. But you know, I'm like eighty uh, percent down the road, ready to put that bad boy on the market. And then move in with you. Hey, you're more than welcome to. Hopefully, you'll move close because you know I'm a little worried you're like going to move oh, to I'm, Minnesota or well, something. Well, not not for a while. I gotta. I'm here for a few more. And then we could always podcast from distance. Oh, we can do. But you know what? You know, you I can always stay at the condo. It's always open, yeah. unless you know I rent. I'm thinking one, about renting it out this summer. I, I know. know I can stay in one of these chairs. Though. You could. That's my speed. We'll give you. We'll clean out the closet here, and you can put your clothes in there, and you can have your own shower. There like, you go. Perfect. You know, I've had this in, in the club for hundred. There's a double headed shower. And I've wanted to take a shower in there for like, like you know, a double-headed shower. I've never, here? I, I don't, yeah, there's a double-headed shower down really? here. You know, my dad actually, I think, was a part of that decision, oh. and uh, he always went a little bit overboard. Like that's why I got to replace my furnace like three times since. Uh, <laughs> but any, any of you ladies out there who come to a future double-headed shower, you get the front and back action at and, the same uh, time. You know, you know. <laughs> You're looking for a shower partner? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are single now. Uh, yes, I am. Um, yes. On that note, <laughs> do you have anything else? You'd like uh, to share no, I just have to time? say that I um, appreciate you guys for listening, like always. And um, we got a lot of great things coming up. And we are, I am currently working on, the, well, I haven't started, but I'm going to start soon, is 1984 Cubs Reunion. Nice. And like you know, that means a lot to me because like that was my that's team. That's started. why I'm a Cubs fan. It was '84 yeah. and Harry Carey. So being we said a long ways ago and working that out and trying to get all the players there and figuring out who's getting what and who's paying for what and who's doing this and who's doing that. But it's going to be a complex one. But that's why I'll bring my girl Lori in from Randy Huntley's camp, and she's going to help me. I, I I think she is. Uh, I mean, I'm going to pay her. You know, so. Uh, we want to have a really good budget. We want to make sure we don't lose any money. We want to make sure we make money for some kind of charity. There you go. Yeah. So, when think, we're gonna, what, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, do you think we could try to see each other a little bit more in December? I mean, I think we could make a make make a plan to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope like the, maybe a podcast. I hope I hope like the health it's issues are gonna, the leave this will leave. And, this uh, podcasting thing's kind of fun. We should try it again. <laughs> exactly. So. Appreciate you guys for listening, William. Um, we're gonna walk, walk out of here with one of your. We're gonna do a walk off song, right? Yeah. Who's this? Who's what is this song? It's gonna t- be the Eagles. It's the Eagles. No, which take one it is? Easy. Take it easy. I need to take it easy. By seven. the way, I haven't taken it easy, so I've just been taking it too easy. As far as uh, I, I haven't, I don't go out anymore. 
I I got, I'd love to see some of you guys. I actually got seven women on my mind. Four that want to stone me, three that want to hold me, and one that she's a friend of mine. Oh. So take it easy. Take it easy, everybody. We'll see you soon. Have a great Thanksgiving. She's a friend of mine Well, take it easy Take it easy Or let the sound of your own wheels Make you crazy Lighten up while you still can Don't even try to understand Just find a place and make your stand And take it easy 